Welcome to the program, Blessed Among Men and Women, with Father John Horgan, a program about the men and women the Holy Father has brought to the altar as blessed. And now, here's Father John Horgan. Welcome to our continuing series, Blessed Among Men and Women, the lives of blesseds and saints who have been raised up to the honors of the altar by Pope John Paul II. My name is Father John Horgan. I am a priest of the Archdiocese of Vancouver, and I'm very happy to welcome you to this series. Today, the saint whom we are discussing is Blessed Dominic of the Mother of God. It's an extraordinary thing to think that we have photographs of saints who've lived in our own century, in our own time, and occasionally to meet people who have encountered saints in their lifetime and live to see them recognized by the Church. But Dominic is almost unique in that his own brother, a Trinitarian priest like himself, lived to concelebrate the Beatification Mass of Dominic in St. Peter's Square in 1983. This saint... Dominic of the Mother of the Blessed Sacrament died as a very young professed priest of the Order of the Most Holy Trinity called the Trinitarians. He was born on May 11th in 1901 at Piterino di Dima in the Basque province of Biscaglia in Spain. His parents were farmers and devout Christians. At his baptism he was given the name Dominic. His mother raised her son to have a deep devotion to our Blessed Lady. The rosary was prayed every night in the family, even when field work, work on the farm, was at its heaviest. And whenever the Angelus bell rang in the parish church, Mrs. Iturate Zubero taught her children to stop and to pray the Angelus and to recall the message of joy that was brought to the mother of the Savior by the angel Gabriel. The village where Dominic lived with his family was a very poor and small one, and the walk to school which he carried out each day was three kilometers. He covered these three kilometers every day, back and forth, in rain and in cold, in the afternoon, he would help his mother watch over the younger children and bring the cows out to pasture. At the age of seven, he made his first confession and continued the practice of going to confession every month. At nine, he began to serve Mass in the parish church, and when he was ten, after his first communion, he confided in the parish priest that he wanted to become a priest and religious. After his death, during the investigation for his sainthood, Dominic's mother said, At home he was the best of all, because, though he was subject to fits of anger at times, he always overcame them and would apologize to those whom he had upset. Dominic's father was not happy with his son's decision to enter the religious life. Even though a devout man, he had other dreams and hopes for his firstborn son. But, due to his son's words and prayers and tears, he brought him to the seminary of the Trinitarian Fathers at El Gorta, near Bilbao, where Dominic began the journey towards the religious life. 
The Trinitarian Order was founded by St. John of Matha and St. Felix of Valois in the 12th century. Dedicated to adoration of the Most Holy Trinity, this order had a work of charity and apostolate that was very unique. Because of a special inspiration that St. John of Matha had at the time of his first Mass, he founded this community in order to ransom slaves, men and women, who had been enslaved particularly by the North Africans, whose pirate ships and whose other marauding parties often put Christians into captivity for long years. John of Matha at his first Mass had a vision in which he saw Christ holding by the hand two slaves, one white and one black. They were in chains, but with the power of Christ, the chains were broken. And so the order dedicated itself from its foundation in 1198 to adoration of the Trinity, to care for the sick, and to ransom for captives. Their history is a long and glorious one, and over the centuries it's been estimated that between the foundation in 1198 and the time of the French Revolution in 1789, when the Trinitarian Order lost many of its foundations, some 600,000 men and women had been ransomed by the efforts of the Trinitarian Fathers and brought back to freedom and to joy. And many Trinitarians gave their lives or ended up themselves enslaved and sold in marketplaces in Tunisia, in Algiers, and in Morocco, taking the place of the men and women whom they had come themselves to save. It was in this great and wonderful order that Dominic dedicated himself to God. In 1917, he received the religious habit and the name Dominic of the Blessed Sacrament, beginning his novitiate in the sanctuary convent dedicated to Our Lady, the patroness of Cantabria. He began his study of the spirituality of the order there and deepened his knowledge of the lives of the founders and proposed to imitate their virtues and their apostolate. On December 14, 1918, when he was 17 years old, Dominic made his first profession of vows with a proposal to renew it every day in honor of the Most Holy Trinity. He said, We shouldn't present religious life as a sacrifice. More than a renunciation, the three vows are a response, a donation to God, loved above all else. Even at this early age, Dominic had a profound knowledge of the joy of religious life, a joy which led him to accept any penance whatsoever to remain close to Christ and to souls. At the end of his novitiate, Dominic had appeared to his brethren to be pale and frail, but no one knew why. Only shortly before his death did he reveal to his spiritual director that between the ages of 14 and 17, the Lord had already immersed him in the so-called dark night of the spirit, a purification of his spiritual and mystical life. He said, At the end of the first year of college, I had to suffer a great dryness of spirit, a lack of satisfaction in all my acts, darkness, shadows, doubts, fears, pains, bitterness and anguish. A voice inside of me corrected me always and accused me about all my actions, making me understand that 
I wasn't acting with the perfection necessary to a religious. I was always discovering new faults and failings inside. Seeing me immersed in so much spiritual poverty and so much misery, so alone and abandoned, I almost came to the point of convincing myself that I was in the number of the condemned, the damned, and this brought on me a terrible anguish. In this state of soul, the only thing that I could do was penance and prayer to the Most Holy Virgin, invoking Heaven's help. It seemed to me that the doors of the Divine Mercy were closed against me and no one heard my complaints or my prayers. But I persevered in my proposals despite everything. I mortified myself and I tried to do things in prayer with the greatest exactness and perfection. And finally, through the powerful intercession of Mary Most Holy, God had pity on me. On the day of my first vows, all of these interior trials came to an end, and I had once more the gift of peace. From then on, my serenity of spirit has been constant. My peace and interior quiet are unchangeable. Dominic persevered during a very difficult age, a time of scruples and a time of great dryness, and in this he's a model because we too often pass through such purifications, such drynesses, such sufferings. Having finished his first year of philosophy in the same monastery where he made his novitiate, Brother Dominic was sent off to Rome so that he could continue his studies at the monastery of St. Carolino at the Four Fountains. And there he received his doctorate at the Pontifical Gregorian University completing his philosophy in 1922 with highest honors and a gold medal, and his theology in 1926. Because he was interested in formation and in guiding young men through the trials of religious life and the sufferings of the first years, sufferings that he had experienced so profoundly, he would have liked to have dedicated himself to the study of psychology, but God's plans for him were different. Two years before, with the permission of Father Antoninus of the Assumption, his confessor and spiritual director, he had made a vow to accomplish always what he recognized as being more perfect. So we can imagine how dedicated he was to his studies and his preparation for the priesthood. As he studied theology, Brother Dominic was given the charge of being assistant to his fellow students. The role of the brother assistant was to help them to observe the regular discipline of the rules and common life. Dominic was an inspiration to everyone, not only by his words, but also by his example. But he also knew that the role of the prefect was a difficult one, and not everyone was equally charmed by his accomplishment. Before dying, he wrote to some of his classmates, I know that I was not accepted by everyone, and I'm sorry, but I'm happy that I was able to carry out my duty, because I wasn't made prefect to please the brethren, but to help bring them to God. Personally, he obeyed his superiors with great devotion and docility, even when his own feelings were different from theirs. After reading True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin, written by St. Louis de Montfort, 
He wrote in his notes for the year 1924, I have consecrated myself and given myself completely to Jesus through Mary. From now on, I must consider myself as hers in such a way that whatever happens to me, whether it be fair or foul, pleasing or not pleasing to my own will, I will say, I belong to Jesus and Mary, and so they can do with me whatever they will. He never allowed anyone to complain about the superiors in his presence, and he always defended them with frankness, even before important people who complained about the dealings of the order. After his death, those who sought his advice would write, He was a true father for all of us, always ready to listen without the least shadow of tiredness, fatigue, or impatience. He showed such great charity, especially when it was necessary to give us a correction. During the time that he did not devote to his studies or to his religious duties, Dominic served as sacristan in the little church of San Carlino, as helper in the kitchen and in the infirmary. The sick testified that he was gentle, that he was always present in all their needs, and the sacristans talked about his devotion as he kept the altars spotless and clean. In the church of San Carlino was the tomb of Elizabeth Canori Mora, a Trinitarian tertiary, a laywoman, wife and mother, who had been given many mystical gifts during her life in Rome some hundred years earlier, and Dominic often prayed at her tomb. He also helped the postulator of the Trinitarian saints to prepare relics of the founders and the other blessed of the order to be sent to houses of the community. One witness testified, What was extraordinary about Dominic was his constancy, the strength, the firmness that he had in carrying out faithfully his duty every day, summer and winter at all hours, whether he was sick or healthy, always with a gentle smile. Among the notes that he wrote down after his retreat in 1924, the following are important. I mustn't worry about seeing what others do. I have to seek only what God is looking for from me. God asks more from me than from others. I don't want to deny anything to God, but I want to follow in all things his inspirations with joy and generosity. I will try to accomplish all the actions of my day, whatever they may be, in a spirit of love. What you desire from me, O Jesus, is a great love, a love with which I can accomplish any action without others realizing it. I find it very easy to be recollected and meditate. It's the Holy Spirit who works in me with his grace. I myself, I wouldn't know how to do anything. Brother Dominic was always eager for the time of prayer. He would arrive for the office always on time, and when he could, he would extend his time of meditation. During the holidays that the students took, which they spent ordinarily at Rocca di Papa in the mountains around Rome, he would visit the sanctuary of the Madonna of Tufo, and with the permission of his spiritual director, he would make a half-hour's meditation there, kneeling. 
Every time that he entered the monastery or went out, he would pass the chapel and enter long enough to make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. On feast days, and especially during the forty hours, he would try to spend many hours before the altar during the night as well as the day. Monsignor Carlo Salotti, who later became a cardinal, would write about him, saying, I had the opportunity to see him in church very often. He was so immersed in God that I am certain that he always lived in his presence, kneeling without any support, with his eyes fixed in the air, he was a real example to me. Every Friday he would make the way of the cross, and never neglected this even during his last illness. Father Dominic was ordained to the priesthood on August 9, 1925, in the Basilica of the Twelve Apostles, near the tombs of Philip and James. From that very first day of his priesthood, he dedicated himself to making a half an hour of preparation and thanksgiving for the celebration of the Mass. In the provincial chapter held in 1926, Dominic was elected as professor and master of students. His heart was full of great desires to make the Holy Trinity known and loved, and even to go as a missionary to foreign lands. He asked his superiors if he could join the Trinitarian missions in Africa or in Latin America, and to be prepared as much as possible for the apostolate to come. He began studies in music, missionology, and even in first aid and medicine. But God had other plans for the young priest and the love of his heart was to be fulfilled in different ways. In the month of June of 1926, Father Dominic began to feel the first signs of tuberculosis of the lungs. The TB was caused by a pleurisy that had been long neglected and which he had never realized was present. He spoke to his spiritual director and said, When I knew how sick I really was, I had a great moment of sadness because I had prepared myself so much to promote devotion to the Holy Trinity, and all my desires and hopes and dreams seemed to vanish at once. But as soon as I realized that this sad thought was going to take over my whole spirit, I placed myself completely in God's hands, and I accepted His will, which is always just and lovable. In the secret hope, that Dominic's youth and physical strength would help him to recover and overcome the sickness, his superiors decided to send him back to Spain so that he might breathe his own native air. On the way, he stopped at Lourdes, where he celebrated Mass in the Grotto of the Apparitions and drank the water from the miraculous well discovered by Bernadette. When he arrived at El Gorta, he was exhausted from his trip. His mother, seeing him, almost could not recognize him. After a short time at Yare, a town near Bitterino, where his uncle was parish priest, his strength seemed to return. But because the air there was very humid, the doctor advised the superiors to transfer the sick man to a drier climate. So he was transferred first to Madrid, and then to Belmonte in the Diocese of Cuenca. When Father Dominic crossed the threshold of the monastery, he stopped and smiled gently and said, 
Here I will sleep and rest. Having recuperated some of his strength, Father Dominic was able to celebrate Mass again, the great joy of his life, until the 14th of February, 1927, which was the feast of St. John Baptist of the Conception, the great reformer of the Trinitarian Order who had died in 1613. To Father Antonino he wrote, When I can't celebrate and recite the Divine Office, I feel very alone, and my soul feels like a dry land without water. To his friend and classmate, Father Felix, he wrote, In the house of God there are different works to carry out, and what counts is doing his will. God takes some of us in our youth, and from others he asks a great deal, a long apostolate. Everything is grace, everything is gain, at least as long as we are not negligent. Although he very much desired to be healed and cured in order to give himself over completely to the glory of the Holy Trinity, Dominic placed himself like a child in the hands of God and in the hands of his superiors. The illness worsened. The high fever was accompanied by terrible pains which didn't allow him to sleep or rest. And yet, on the 23rd of January, he was able to write to his parents and say, I am happy, and I will be even more happy if you too will conform yourselves to God's will. When, because of his extreme weakness, he wasn't allowed to get up any longer to celebrate Mass, he was able to satisfy his devotion by receiving our Lord in the Eucharist each day. To the Father Provincial he wrote, Without my Mass I feel almost like a pagan. He died without any complaint on the 7th of April, 1927, looking at the crucifix which he kept on his chest and murmuring, Here I am, O my God. Under his pillow he had put a copy of The Imitation of Christ, another book on Our Lady, the Rosary, and the Trinitarian Rosary dedicated to the Holy Trinity. These were his battle arms, his weapons, and these were his trophies. His body was buried in the cemetery of Belmonte, and on the stone were written the words, He has done all things well. Brother Dominic had desired to live unobserved on earth. He certainly would have been surprised and amazed, as he no doubt was in heaven, that just a few decades later, thousands of people assisted at his beatification at St. Peter's Basilica, where he had so often come as a pilgrim himself while a student in Rome. God lifts up the humble and the little ones, and Dominic was lifted up to the honors of the altar in a very short time. In describing his virtues, one of the theologians who examined his life said, I believe that Dominic presents himself as a very imitable saint. He constitutes a model of life for children, for young people, for religious, and for priests. Some of the saints, because of the extraordinary virtues and miracles that they performed, because of their mystical life, may seem out of our reach. But Dominic of the Blessed Sacrament was a saint of ordinary life who dedicated himself to prayer, 
and to penance, to fulfilling God's will with joy, and to adoring in all things the Holy Trinity. Let us ask the Lord, through the intercession of this young saint, to help us to give all of our energy to the service and the glory of God. Let us ask that he intercede for us so that we appreciate the great mystery of the Holy Trinity, and so that all of our actions might be directed to the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. On October 30th, 1983, Dominic of the Blessed Sacrament was raised to the honor of the altars. In heaven he intercedes for all of us. May we too come to know and adore in all things the ways of God and give praise to the Trinity. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon all of you, and may Blessed Dominic inspire you to love God with all your hearts and to give praise and glory to his name. When he was ordained, Dominic wrote a beautiful letter to his parents, a letter filled with his own joy at his ordination to the priesthood, and a letter full of wise understanding at the sacrifice that his parents made in giving their only son, their firstborn son, to holy orders. Dear Mother and Father, may the Most Holy Trinity always reign in your hearts. I am writing to give you the beautiful news of my ordination to the priesthood, which took place on the ninth of this month. And on the fifteenth I celebrated my first Mass, which I offered especially for you. I would like you to feel the joy which fills my spirit in knowing that I am joined to God by my vows and lifted up to the great dignity of the priesthood. May the Most Holy Trinity be blessed, who has freed me from the dangers of the world, bringing me to the sure port of religious life. Thank you, my dear parents, who with such a great sacrifice have let me be free to follow this divine call. You've made a great sacrifice, allowing me to leave home, but now you and I are happy, you because you have a priest among the members of the family, I at finding myself within these walls as a representative of Christ the Eternal Priest. If any of my brothers wanted to enter into a monastery, help him to carry out his desire, because you will have sons rich with love for you and gratitude towards you forever. And I will pray for you. I have been named mediator between God and men. I will pray for you all during the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and so that my prayers might be stronger, try to remain ever in the grace of God. May families who have given sons to the priesthood be a thousand times blessed. Thank you for listening today to the program Blessed Among Men and Women with your host, Father John Horkins.